from Westerholm of Boston.com right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. So high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine, and thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen. Every day, Locked On Celtics is free. It's daily. It's available wherever podcasts exist, and it's on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing there. Today's episode is brought to you by Calm. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron James in using Calm and get a 40% discount off a premium subscription. Go to calm.com slash NBA. Getting into the Celtics here with Tom Westerholm of the Genotime Podcast and Boston.com, talking Marcus Smart, talking Jason Tatum, and digging into why Marcus Smart is his his on-off numbers are great. And this is not a show if you're a Marcus Smart hater. This is not the show for you. And later on, Jason Tatum, things that he can do, why he needs to be more aggressive. I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but now let me talk about it some more with Tom Westerholm. All right, Tom, uh, thank you for uh, hopping on after spreading uh, all your propaganda across Twitter uh, <laughs> using using stats to actually illustrate points. Uh, how dare you? Look, I, I followed up with this. So if you follow me on Twitter, this is not going to be like an original take. But I want people to remember that I'm an idiot and I don't understand like basic. I mean, I barely understand basic math. I definitely don't understand advanced math. So I, I had one. I, I mean, I did the thing that like all of us do, where like one person disagrees with you in your comments, and then you uh, tweet about it several times. Of course. But uh, one guy was like, "Well, there's all these stats that are showing. Like, I don't, you know, all I'm seeing is stats, nothing concrete." Right. I was like, "The thing to remember about me is if I tweet out a stat, you can understand it too, because I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, firing it all on all cylinders when it comes to math." To catch people up here, Tom's tweet. And you see, if you're watching on YouTube, it's at Tom underscore NBA. Tom's tweet was, the Celtics uh, have a new leader in on-off differential per cleaning the glass, Marcus Smart. The Celtics have outscored opponents in non-garbage time minutes by 15.8 points per 100 possessions with Smart on the floor. It's very basic. With Smart on the floor with a number that's leveled out, the per 100 possessions is, is meant to even things out so we can all kind of process it and not say, Oh, it's a, it's a lot because this guy plays a lot or whatever. So 15.8 points per 100 possessions when smart is on the floor. It seems like a basic stat to me, Tom, when smart is on the floor, the Celtics are outscoring their opponents. And, and that's the number that they're outscoring them by right now. So I, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> uh, and and I'll, I'll, I'll throw into this is Sean Grandy last night after the game. This seems to be like the, Marcus Smart hater, like everybody, all, all you Marcus Smart haters just kind of like look to the side. Uh, I have one guy, by the way, that's uh, a Marcus Smart hater that always comments when, when Smart does something wrong, 
leaves like five or six comments under the YouTube videos. Last night, nowhere to be found. So, <laughs> uh, so Sean's tweet is Marcus Smart leads the Celtics in steals and is second in the NBA and plus minus uh, second in net rating. And when he's off the court, Boston has the worst offense in the NBA, 0.95 points per possession, um, which is just kind of ridiculous. So let's let's dive into this. Let's dive into the why Marcus Smart is making a positive impact and why people just can't let certain things go. What what you just wrote a piece. What, you know, you just put, tweeted out the stat. What, what's your take on on Marcus Smart and his start to the season? So I think it's easy to see why there was the open season on Marcus Smart, right? Like there were some. I mean, you and I talked about it. Like there were some very like reasonable kind of takes about like, Hey, he's got to be smarter about X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, obviously there was, you know, the, all the stuff that happened in the Dallas game. I mean, you know, and I think a lot was made out of that, especially because of his comments about Jalen and Jason, which, I mean, I think, I think you could probably say that they weren't that productive necessarily. I mean, like that seems to be kind of the, the agreed upon, you know, like, you know, Celtics management, you know, Jalen and Jason, like nobody seems to be like, man, I'm really glad Marcus Smart called us out. On the other hand, you know, like it's it's hard to argue with the results that he's putting forward. You know, statistically, like you said, I mean, these are like the, the Celtics are just significantly better when he's on the floor. And I think from a schematic perspective, I mean, it's it, it comes down to a bunch of things. Obviously, he's not like offering like a ton of floor spacing or anything like that, but he is very reliable as, you know, a pick and roll ball handler, as a passer. I, I think he threw he threw one of the best passes to I think it was to Al Horford. Um or, and actually, oh, no, uh, I think, behind the back. Thing? Yeah, yeah, that thing. That oh, was one of the best passes I've seen a Celtic throw since Rondo, right? Like that was a ridiculous pass. Um, so I mean, his you know his ball movement matters. His obviously his defense matters, and I think too, not for nothing, his steals matter because steals are a proven statistic that like really affects the offensive end as well. If you get a steal, you're starting a fast break, and usually anyway. And transition offense is like a really good, uh, I mean, that's that's one of the higher points per possession types of offense. So I think all of those things matter quite a bit. And, you know, especially with some of these stats, a few possessions here and there can make a huge difference in one game, right? Like one game is a small sample size. So if you start stacking good small sample sizes together, you get a bigger sample size and you get Marcus Smart having a pretty solid start here. Um, and I think, you know, all of that kind of works together, right? The passing, the steals, um, and, and just obviously the defense, like obviously he brings that as well. So, I mean, he's, he's complicated to evaluate. There isn't kind of that one, okay, smart is shooting X number from the field and that's helping the Celtics this way. Like there isn't that one thing with him. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, he, he might not always be popular because he's complicated, but I mean, he is a good player. Like at this point, I, I don't know what else to tell people. Like he's, he's a good basketball player. Whether he's <laughs> six or you or not, I understand, but he's, he's good. This is just it's it it's bordering on political with with Marcus Smart like political level dis, dissertation here where if you if you look at Marcus Smart and you you say hey I'm I'm cool with Marcus Smart then you say all right you know look he's he's shooting I'm, I'm pulling up his stats now uh, yeah he's shooting what twenty five percent thirty five percent from the field now twenty seven and a half percent from three. Which are both like career lows. Um, yep. Or actually, he had one. He had one season that's a little bit worse. But this level of poor shooting is it, people see it. It's very, very obvious that it's happening. And so, what we hang our hats on is 
a little more nuance. Although, look, he had a couple of steals. They lead out to Jason Tatum fast break dunks against the Cavaliers. That's also pretty obvious, but you know, we're looking at different things that he's doing. I'm looking at him directing the traffic and getting guys in the position and pre-switching, scram switching, that, that type of stuff. And the detractors are saying, well, look, uh, you want stats, Tom, I'll give you stats. 37, 35% shooting. There's a stat for you. You know, and it's hard to argue that. Look, I mean, he's bad. Like he's been bad at shooting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like against against Cleveland, he he in the the first game, I thought he played in the loss. I thought he played great until like the final few minutes when things f- fell apart for everybody. He had a couple of bad plays, but he was over five. And you know, my my friend, the anti smart commenter on YouTube, was like, "I can't believe you over five and you think you had a great game." Blah blah blah, like. He actually okay, but he only took five shots. Like that, he's gonna have to take some shots sometime, right? right. Like you, you can't just be like Marcus, don't shoot at all, because then everybody's gonna they're gonna figure out he's not gonna shoot. He can right. still hit open shots. He's not the only guy who's struggling. So I I understand the especially the first part of the season where everybody was struggling. Marcus was certainly a part of that. But I think part of this seven-game stretch where they're five and two and their defense is the top in the league and all of that, I also think Marcus Smart should get credit for being a part of that. And, you know, look, his assist numbers, working backwards, five, eight, six, six, six. I mean, that's, you know, five straight games with five or more assists. And, you know, and he, it's that's important stuff for him. Steals, two, five, three, three. Like, he's, he's just going off um, – I don't know. I, I, I think that it's we need to the people who are anti-smart. I think they just need to be like, all right, look, just dial it back because he's he's an important part of this. And I think, look, I think it goes not not to you mentioned it being political, not to go uh, like real both sides of here. I, I think it's it's fair to say that, like, yeah, it, it would help. It would be helpful if he shot better. Right. Like, I mean, obviously, yes. Like. Like the the boost that Dennis Schroeder is giving this team, even while he's turning the ball over like crazy and not playing great defense, the boost that he's giving them from his offense is really significant. And I mean, just like imagine if that was Marcus Smart instead, right? Like, yeah, like that would be unbelievable. Um, so I, I think I understand that. I think to your point about him needing to shoot, it like I, I sometimes wonder if the smart detractors just want him to be Tony Allen. And I think the problem is that he is much better and more impactful on the offensive end than Tony Allen, right? Like he's, he's just too good to be that guy. And sometimes that's going to mean that he needs to shoot. And even if those shots aren't great shots, the fact that he's better than Tony Allen and he needs to be more involved in the offense than Tony Allen means that he kind of needs to take them, if that makes sense. So I, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's a conundrum. He's a really interesting player, but (laughs) it is like, I, I do think that it's, it's important to kind of, take both sides in context. Like the detractors really need to see that he is, he is a good player and he does really positively impact this team. And I think those of us who, who see that it is important for us to also acknowledge the real flaws, right? Like he's yes. Like his shooting it like, man, imagine if he was a better shooter, how much better that would be for the Celtics. Like those things are also true. Going to come back with more from Tom and our discussion on Jason Tatum. First, I'm going to talk to you about calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's more important, mental fitness. Calm is the number one app 
for sleep and meditation and has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champ to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your mind so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best. Sleep is a very critical part for everybody. No matter how hard you work, no matter what you do physically, if you're not sleeping, you're wasting your work. As LeBron says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which is why I wake up ready for any challenge. So head to calm.com slash NBA For a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more like sleep stories, meditations, so you can be ready for any challenges life throws your way. For a limited time, listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's calm.com slash NBA. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It tastes so good, you can bring it to Thanksgiving and have it for dessert. Bring some, share it, spread it around family and friends so they know the benefits of Built Bars. You're generally going to get 130 to 150 calories. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. You have plenty of options for uh, people with nut allergies. If you're on a keto diet, it works. Skip those slices of pie that can be 300 calories or more. These have low sugar, plenty of protein, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So no matter what types of flavors you like, there's an option at Built.com. Plus, there are new surprises all month with limited flavors dropping at Built.com regularly. So make sure you're checking the site often. And of course, there's the Built Bar Black Friday. It will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. It works every single time. It's not limited to once. You'll get 15% off your order. Promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off every time at Built.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make your second listen every day, the Locked On NBA podcast. This is the Wednesday Locked On Celtics. After I'm done with this, I'll be watching the Warriors-Nets game and the rest of the NBA slate, breaking it down with Jake Madison on Locked On NBA. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast, and it'll be on YouTube. Now, back to my conversation with Tom Westerholm getting into Jason Tatum. Just expanding this out, like yes, um, I, the the end of game stuff is has been the the big story here. And anytime Marcus makes a mistake, it's magnified. And like we go back to the Dallas game where I was like, okay, that foul on Luca was a dumb, dumb foul. Right. But also, all it cost the Celtics was a chance to answer whatever Luca was going to do. They we still he still hadn't hit that shot. We still don't know what that what that situation was going to be, um, and and so yes, it cost the Celtics, but it didn't cost them the game. Lucas still had to hit that shot, um, so I think there's there's the the yeah. 
the vitriol goes over the top, but it's also part of a bigger picture here where the Celtics, it feels like they haven't been finishing strong necessarily. Um, but I was pouring through, I was tr- trying to go through some of the, the clutch stats because I'm like, oh, the clutch stats probably tell us something. But the, the Celtics, the eye test tells us like they, they're not offensive rebounding. They're, they're not great at off uh, or they're not uh, great at preventing offensive rebounds. Yeah. They're not great at getting free throws, but they're, um, they're, they're defensive rating. You want to take a, an, a, uh, a stab at what the clutch defensive rating for the Celtics is. I, I don't, oh man, I don't know what the defensive rating is going to be. I can tell you where they rank in net rating if that counts. Um, but I'll defensive rating, I'll say in the clutch. In the clutch, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I'll say uh, ninety, like ninety-eight. It's not actually not bad. It's 95, 95.7. Okay, yeah, and and their net rating is a ten plus yeah. ten. Yeah, um, and their offense. I mean, look, their offense is middle of the pack. But it just look, their defense is good. Their offense is middle of the pack. All the things that are happening throughout the course of the the, the season are carrying over in the clutch. I, I, I think we're hyper-focused on the two collapses, but the Celtics aren't any worse necessarily, I think, in the clutch. They're making they're making some very visible mistakes. Yeah. And I think the carryover from last year makes it feel worse. But when you look at the clutch statistics, it's like, oh, it, it the numbers don't match how bad people feel about it. I think the, so I, I, I agreed. I think the big issue that's happening right now is like, it, it's, it's tied to everything that's going on with the Celtics. And it's just that Jason Tatum has been bad because if you look at Jason Tatum's clutch numbers, they're really bad. Like he is shoot. I mean, like if you look at the last three minutes, you know, crunch time games, he's shooting like, you know, like 31%, like he's pretty bad, but like, or, you know, some, somewhere in that range, like in the thirties, and it's it's not good, but it's basically lines up with the rest of his season. I mean, his usage is through the roof, like it has been the rest of the season. You know, it's like, um, you know, thirty four percent or something like that. And then if you look at the last minute, he's shooting like twelve percent. Like it is really really tough. Yeah. And it, and it, and the thing is that Jason, I mean, you know, so much of the Celtics late game offense is hand the ball to Jason Tatum. And I know people complain about that a lot, and I understand why they do. But the, I mean, the fact of the matter is that like Tatum is supposed to be this team's best player. I am sure that like, it's more comfortable for the other guys on the team to just kind of give him the ball and let him work. Like, I mean, those are high pressure situations and that's, you know, Tatum is trying to, you know, like work his way through them as well. So I, I think like so much else, like with this Celtic season, especially with the struggles, it just comes down to Jason Tatum has not been Jason Tatum. And when Jason Tatum starts being Jason Tatum again, things might work themselves out. I, I just think that's, you know, it's so much of, of what's going on is just, is those things. It's that simple. And it, and it sounds very simplistic, but yeah, Tatum has to be better. And if he is better, I think the Celtics will be better. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of clicking through some of Tatum's like last, like you said, the last one minute. Wow. His offensive rating is 75.9. <laughs> yeah. um, I believe his net rating, I believe his net rating in like the last minute is like negative 27. Uh No. Uh, it's Ooh. negative negative thirty four point five. Oh, okay. Which is uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder's is worse. <laughs> uh, in fact, everybody's is horrible. Uh, like Robert Williams is at minus eighty seven point five as a. a uh, so no one in the last minute 
Okay, so the last minute of these, uh, the clutch numbers, and this is where you drill it down a little bit, the clutch numbers in the last minute have been disgustingly bad. It might be time to try Broderick Thomas in the last minute, yeah. It might be. It might be. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so this is the other part of the, the Celtics story this year. Jason Tatum and his struggles. And I, I think there, there are two Jason Tatums that we've seen. We've seen the classic Jason Tatum where it's five dribbles and a fadeaway. And there's new and improved Jason Tatum where he's aggressive and he's attacking and he's drawing two and he's kicking or he's getting to the, at least getting to the rim. And even recently, even getting to the line. Yeah. But I, I was saying on yesterday's show, like at some point here through all of the film study, it, the message has to get through at some point, right? Like what you've been doing historically, look at the film. It's not really working. Get to the rim. Like how many times have we been, we've been, this is the same thing that we've said for years now, get to the rim. Here's your proof. Here's the film. Get to the rim. If you can, even if it's via pick or off the dribble, I know you've been talking about he doesn't run pick and roll much anymore or, or as much, but you got to get into the teeth of the defense and then make them react to you and then get the ball out. And then hopefully you can relocate and get the ball back. But that's, that's how Jason Tatum's going to get out of this. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I think the, the ripple effects for that are just so I like, they're so significant, right? Like if, if Tatum starts doing that, then he starts like those those kind of drive and kick passes that he was so good at last year. I mean, he's, he's not throwing as many of them. He's throwing some, but you know, like the, that was a lot of where a lot of his assists were coming from last season were those like driving kicks. And you know, in the pick and roll, that's just such a natural motion for these guys, right? Like you you, you drive the pick, the guy comes over, you kick to the guy that guy was guarding. That's it. Like it's 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 very simple <laughs> basketball. And okay. I think I think simple basketball. I was talking about this on the Geno Time podcast. But um, I, I was, yeah, and you, you may not have heard of it. Uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't um, hear that over the bleep that I'm going to put in. Over <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking about the Dorian Gino time is, is just, you know, he's. Um, oh, I completely derailed your thought process. You did. You did. It's, it's gone forever. Um, but I mean, like. He's like, the driving know, the kicks. He's, he's not driving and kicking like he used to. Yeah, well. yeah. And. and I mean that, like I don't know that that just hits so much of his offense. It it it, it improves so much of his offense. It um and, and it, I think it just makes him more comfortable and it simplifies things in a lot of ways. Where I think you know Jalen Brown this season, I think he's played a very simple brand of basketball, and I think Tatum could take some notes from that. Where if if he did simplify things, if he was trying to do a little bit less, you know, you know. Uh, Dry, like dancing in isolation and that kind of thing. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. Like, you know, I, I mean, he's very talented at all these things, but like if he just kind of made things a little easier on himself, right? Like these like sidestep layups, like the things that he did so well, where he's, you know, these Euro steps and all that, he's really good at those things. And they're very simple. And if he just kind of, you know, simplifies his game a little bit and tries to do a little bit less in terms of beating guys one-on-one, I just think that would, you know, it's just, Make life easier. Like you can, like you're Jason Tatum. You can score 28 points a game and have life be easy for you. Like it's like, what a luxury. Like, why don't you do that instead of all the, all the tough stuff. Back to wrap up the show in just a minute. Going to finish off the Jason Tatum conversation and why I think they should hire Kevin McHale. That's next. First, Bet Online is back and better than ever. 
a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's your number one spot for all the basketball action, plus football, uh, well, not baseball anymore, (laughs) NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Use Locked On when you sign up, make your first deposit. They'll add 50% of whatever you deposit as a welcome bonus. So go to Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make your second listen every day. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. They're on a heater right now, so you want to check them out. Check them out wherever podcasts exist. Let's get into the conclusion of the Jason Tatum conversation now with Tom Westerholm. For Tatum, it's it's about creating um, at least some level of mystery. If the defense knows what you're going to do, they can they can stop it or challenge it. Like you go back to the Milwaukee Bucks game, didn't Shimmy Ojale get a block on on t- like he, he, on a five step? Did. Yeah, <laughs> right. Of course he did because he yeah. knew he knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. And okay, so some guys, when you know exactly what's going to happen, you can't do anything about it. And even with Tatum, sometimes because he's so long and he has that high release, that that's why he's developed that sidestep. And and that he can get off most of the time, but generally speaking, that's still a difficult shot. And if you're not feeling it, then that's that's not going to fall quite as often for Tatum. And and it's not just you be aggressive so you can draw the defense. It's you you be aggressive and you drive, and you spend a certain amount of the time driving and kicking, so the defense doesn't know is he going to pass in this situation. Or is he going to shoot in this situation? And that keeps them off balance. And that's when you can manipulate them. That's the whole thing. Why why Luka can be so good. Why some of these guys who aren't Kevin Durant or LeBron James, who are just like on another planet athletically, they can manipulate defenses because you got to be like, is he going to pull up? Is he going to pass? I, I really don't know. And when you drive... And you have dr- you drive and kick two two three times. Or you, when they double you, you move it. Then you just set up a quick boom. Nope, I'm laying it in. Like you can set up those little things that you can go to later in the game. The best manipulators of the game think this whole game through and say, "I'm hitting him with this move three times in the first quarter." So in the fourth quarter, when I hit him with that move again, he's expecting this, but I'm doing that. That's where Tatum, I think, needs to be when it comes to his own offense. Get somewhere, do things in the first quarter where you're passing and moving the ball, knowing that later you're going to get that ball again, and I know they're expecting. It's like boxing. I've thrown this right hook this many times. I'm just going to whoop and then go with that left. And boom, it's it's curtains with that uppercut. So Tatum Tatum is still the beauty of this is all he's still averaging twenty something points a game, and there's still so many improvements that he can make. Yeah. If he can make some of these improvements, and they're very easy to make in season, 
he can overcome this and in December, January, February, all of a sudden start winning player of the week and maybe even a player of the month and start really like moving forward. Yeah. Honestly, man, that's that's a really good point. I I, <laughs> I don't have like much of a counter to it. I'm just like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. I'm curious what <laughs> you think. Um, you know, we, again, that's something that we we talked about, but I, I'd be curious to hear what you think. Like, how much do you think the new rules are affecting him? Just in terms of, totally. I mean, like obviously it's obviously it's affecting a lot of guys. It feels like that's a pretty significant thing for him as well. So I will say that I, I do think that he has started to get more aggressive this yeah. season. He did have that stretch on that road trip. Yeah, where he really was ramping it up and it was working. My my take on this is he is trying it and he like he he's doing it. And I haven't even looked at the film or the numbers to see if this is actually right, but this is what it feels like to me. He's doing it more often early, and it feels like he's thinking, okay, I'm finally doing this. Where are my calls? I'm not getting the like he's frustrated by the lack of calls. And so he's like, all right, I'm not doing this. If I'm not getting the calls, <laughs> right. Right. Because I'm getting hit and I'm missing and my numbers at the rim suck. And I looked at his, his splits, the, the 16 foot to the three point line is his favorite shot right now. And actually the one that they, that he's hitting the most. Yeah. And that's, I think that's problematic because he feels most comfortable now hitting that shot, which is, I joked about this on the podcast the other day. If you went to every opponent, if you went to the Atlanta Hawks and said, okay, here's a contract. We're going to make sure that Jason Tatum only takes those 16 to 24 footers. And, you know, that, that, that's the only shot he's going to take. And, and Atlanta would be like, yes, sign me up. I'm, I'm absolutely going to sign up for that shot because it's the least efficient shot in the, in the sport. So I think that he's trying to attack early he gets frustrated by the way things are being called now and he starts going back to old habits so yeah I, I definitely think that that's that's part of it and you know we sit here and we were like you need to take more free throws well no one's taking as many free throws as right. they used to in, in the league this year so we do have to be somewhat fair in that regard he took seven uh was it last night he took seven yeah and it was like it was like, whoa, seven free throws. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't even looked. Have you looked? I, I don't know how many guys are taking 13, 14 free throws in the game this season. I haven't, I haven't looked, but I, I have to assume it's low. I mean, oh, it's, very low. it's a very different game. And I think that's, I think that can't be ignored, right? Is like, I think it's possible that at least part of this is Tatum just like trying to figure out what this new game is like. And that's, that's a hard thing for a guy who has spent, you know, three years in the league already to this point, playing a certain type of way, knowing that certain things are going to work. And then all of a sudden they're not working. I mean, of course, like, why wouldn't you just kind of go back to the thing that you're comfortable with, which to your point is 16 to 23 footers. Like that's, that's where his bread was buttered, you know, high school into college, all of that. So, I mean, you know, I, I think, and then I think, to, to really magnify matters, it's the fact that his three-point shot isn't falling. I mean, how much of this is just fixed if his three-pointer starts falling? It feels like most of it, right? Like, it's just he's a completely different player when that happens. So when you factor in those two things as well, you know, the three-point shot and just, like, the security of, like, okay, if nothing else in my game is working, maybe I just go back to the one thing that I know does work. Again, you know, it's not perfect, but at least you can kind of understand where he's coming from in that regard. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting 31.5% from three this year, 2.5% yeah. 
two and a half makes eight and eight point one attempts. So the highest attempts, lowest percentage. That that's why his effective field goal percentage is down to forty four point four effective field goal percentage. Oh man! I mean, even my dumb math brain knows that's bad. That's not good <laughs> at all. Um, so yes, the three point shot, but. I, I think he's he's kind of like inverting, like he's trying to get hot from three early. And normally you'd say get something going uh, at the rim, and he's not even getting that going. Which which let's just wrap this up by just shifting it to Ime Odoka and saying like, look, dude, I, I think he's he's doing a lot of things, you know, well as he's figuring things out. We we still don't know. It's fourteen games of his entire professional coaching career, so we have no frame of reference to, as to anything. So I can't say whether he's doing a good or bad job. I don't know what his job, his baseline is yet. We're still establishing that, but I think that maybe in his playbook here, you might want to start coming up with like dig up the old Daniel Tice, you know, yeah. play to get Tatum to the rim, like do something where the early action is just geared towards what can we do to set some back screens for him, some cuts. Let's get Tatum. Let's figure out two, three plays at the beginning of the game where it's a little bit different than what we're doing. Uh, and I I've seen like three or four plays that just went over and over and over again. Let's, let's throw a new one in yeah. and say, okay, this is how we're going to get Jason some attempts at the rim and let, let's just go from there and then let the game flow. And then hopefully he gets some easy ones. And then, you know, then you hope that you can use that film to say, all right, Jason, don't, don't rely on the sidestep threes quite as much. You know, I know you like them, save those for like when you're feeling it, step into a couple of threes. If you don't have a, a three that you can step into, just drive it or pass it. And let just wait to get it back. You're going to get plenty of shot attempts, no matter what. Don't don't rely on those old tricks. I think he's that. That's what we call pressing. I think he's just like, I really like the step back. I know I can hit the step back, and it's like, ugh. And you can see him slumping sometimes after missed shots. Like I, I think they just need to simplify some of the things that he's doing, and then let him get back to the old stuff that he he. We know that the the tough shots that he can make. Yeah, definitely. And again. I mean, how much of how much of Ime's job is just simplified if Tatum is making threes, right? Like, right. I think some of the things that Ime is doing that have gotten really heavily criticized with with regard to Tatum. I, I mean, one, I agree with you completely. I want to see Tatum keep get into pick and roll way more. Like, I just think that would that's a simple way to to make things happen. Um, you know, the the Daniel Tice play that you're talking about was a variation of the pick and roll. It's it's a very reliable way to get Tatum buckets. I, but I do think. You know, Yudoka has been using like these post ups and stuff that I know a lot of people really don't like with Tatum. But the thing with the post ups is that he does get into the like he does get into the paint when those happen. And a lot of the Celtics' best offense is just when the ball touches the paint. So if the ball is touching the paint with your best player in the post, you can kind of see the vision there, right? But at the same time, I mean, just like the three point shot needs to fall. Like they, the Celtics were, I assume, banking on Tatum shooting somewhere north of 38% on somewhere north of like seven attempts per game. And like, he hasn't, he's been shooting like, you know, way, like way worse than that. I, I like, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's probably what, like 31 and a half percent. Yeah. Like how, how many makes is that per game? Like 2.6, you know, like, 
I, I that's probably three or four three-pointers fewer than you were hoping Tatum was going to make like most games. That's nine right. or you know, somewhere between nine and 12 points. That's a lot of points. So, yeah. I mean, that I just think that Yudoka's job as an offensive you know, coach, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, he talked after the last game about how like the defense has come around. It, it kind of felt like what he was saying was, okay, we figured out the defensive stuff. Now we're going to focus on offense too as we continue to develop the defense. I'm curious what that looks like. You know, the defense in the beginning, it really felt like, yeah, there was too much switching happening, right? There was there was too much yeah. of like the big switching. It was just, it was too much. And then he dialed it back a little bit and they really seemed to have found a groove. So it's like, okay, you know, Tatum's been posting up too much. And so, and, you know, Tatum's been ISOing too much. And it's like, maybe now, you know, okay, let's dial that back, you know, implement some pick and rolls, implement some things, you know, give give these guys a chance to, uh, give, give Udoka a chance to build a coherent offense. I'm curious what that looks like over the next 15 games. Like you said, it's only been 14. So, you know, like it's, it's pretty early to be evaluating Ime, but at the same time, it is a sample size. So the next sample size that I'm really curious about is the offense. If it picks up over the next five to 10 games, I'm curious to see how that, how that looks. Look, uh, we'll leave it there, but I, I will just add this. No one in the NBA knows how to post up anymore. They need to, <laughs> and this is coming and from you. Kids <laughs> come from an old post player, man. I love post footwork. They need to hire Kevin McHale. Bring just just throw a bunch of cash at Kevin McHale. Bring him into a few practices and just teach Tatum some footwork. Not even you know the up and unders or all that. Just how to feel the defender and how to react. Once you get the ball, because if you feel him this way, you can do this and you can, you can just rip through and get to the middle. If you feel him another way, reverse pivot, face him up and then make your little spin move. And you got moves to make, like just teach these guys a little bit. I think the post game because of the way the defenses have evolved is, is starting to come back. So somebody get Hakeem Olajuwon on the phone, somebody get Kevin McHale on the phone and teach these guys some post footwork. Just so they know, oh, I feel this, boom, I'm going to make this move, and then you can pass off of that. It's it's a little thing that's been brewing in me. I just wanted to say it. I have to, I had to – that's it. I think you're right. I'll do I it. Mean, I'll go Kobe. <laughs> this, is just, this is just you pitching yourself. Come on. This is me. I'll do it. I'll do it. You don't have to pay me that much more. Well, I mean, you still pay me, but like not as yeah, much. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a discount. It's a discount. We're journalists. We're all cheap. You can yeah, do of course. Of course. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not quite as cheap. I mean. <laughs> I bet right, you. Yes. Right. you guys want to hire me to teach footwork badly i'll do it <laughs> you'd just be out there bombing away be like jason let's just, just step further away don't listen to corrales all right. just, I just be like just make them dude that's all you gotta, you just gotta make them <laughs> you're like the problem is you're not shooting from 35 feet you right. Shoot right. From 35. <laughs> yeah because if you shoot one from 35 make it or miss it the 26 footer is going to look a lot easier oh the next yeah time it's like it's like using a weighted bat in the in the exactly, yeah. in the, oh yeah this thing feels i can swing two of these right shoot shoot one left-handed and then try going right-handed again you never know you make it feel natural again <laughs> all right tom uh, always appreciate you coming on uh yeah geno time podcast and whatnot but mostly boston.com whatever you don't have to listen to podcast. <laughs> only listen to me yeah that's all that's all you should be doing thanks to tom for hopping on as always my former coworker at MassLive.com. And now we've gone our separate ways, but still a friend of mine and, and does a lot of great work. Check out his work at Boston.com. Thank you for listening to the show. If you're new, 
Please subscribe. It is a free daily Monday through Friday podcast. So new episodes dropping every day, wherever podcasts exist. Also on the YouTube page, really trying to grow that YouTube page out. So if you like watching the show on YouTube, subscribe there. Get notified whenever a new show drops. That's the show. Really appreciate you sharing the podcast with your friends, with your family. Tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>